Women Taking the Lead, episode 179. And if I could look, you know, turn the clock back 20 years, I would say, Nikita, it's okay to ask for help, especially from people who truly want to help you succeed in life instead of just giving, giving, giving as a way to kind of cover up the fact that you're in need as well. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nikita Thickpin, a licensed clinical social worker and balance and relationship advisor, took the best of her education, aptitude, and experience as a barrier breaker and founded Thick Pro Balance and Relationship Management Institute to unlock passion, unleash innovation, and maximize profit. As the author of the forthcoming book, Selfish, a sought-after speaker and podcast host, Nikita has set her daily intention to empower and motivate the willing to balance all that matters. Nikita, it's such an honor to have you here today. And that's just a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Oh, thank you, Jody. I'm so honored that you invited me to your podcast to be a virtual mentor for all of the women who are listening and a few husbands that I know are sneaking in as well. <laughs> I thank you so much for the opportunity. I am everything that you mentioned and a 100% servant leader. It's pretty much how I define everything I do, um, starting with the fact that I'm a barrier breaker before I'm anything else. Uh, those barriers were everything and all the things that you could think of that most people go through in their life. And I had to learn very early on to push through. So that's what I've been doing my entire life is pushing through the next level and challenging other people to their greatness along the way. Um, Going from being a licensed clinician in my earlier first 20 years of my career into entrepreneurship. Um, I currently own ThigPro Balance and Relationship Management Institute now, where we work with bold women in business and a few brave men And we really help them transition through change so they can get the transformation that they're seeking in their business more than anything else. I love that. And that's quite a transition to go from social worker to entrepreneur. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to dive a little more into that, but that always fascinates me um, because, you know, like not many people see it on the surface, but entrepreneurship is servant leadership. Yes, it is. You know, if you're doing it right and being a licensed clinical social worker, that is definitely servant leadership. So thank you for those 20 years, um, you know, serving your community and the people who needed you most. Mm, Thank you. And I always say that I will keep that hat forever. I've paid too much in blood, sweat and tears um, for my license. So I'll always maintain it. I just kind of donned that hat a little bit different in terms of using my clinical tools, everything I know about relationship management, human behavior, trauma, sex therapy, all those kinds 
kind of expertise niche areas that I gained along the way in my career, I use the best elements of that now when I work with men and women who come through that business door seeking strategy, blueprint help, you know, personal power. And we dive in to see what's really underneath and kind of holding them back. And it's typically linked to some of those things that I studied as a clinician. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, there, there's no, <laughs> you know, it's tied everywhere. I, I can't articulate the <laughs> thought quite clearly right now, but you know, there's not much that separates those areas. Absolutely. So I love it. And Nikita, you clearly have had success in your life. You are really taking off right now. And, you know, I, I know this isn't a recent thing. You long ago gained confidence. But if you could take us back to a time when you were playing small, we all have those moments, but there's always like a story that really hits it home. So if you could share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned. Oh, absolutely. And to your point, Jody, we play small in so many ways, even after we think we've narrowed it down to ways not to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell you a story from last month, but I'll take you back a little bit further. Um, The first time that I recognized that I was playing small, because sometimes we do it and we don't catch it until way after the fact, is when I transitioned from that hat as a director at the Support Center for Child Advocates, when I had transitioned from the hospital, I was looking, I was seeking more kind of administrative business level expertise before I would go full throttle into my business. And when I did it, I remember walking into a room, I was at some networking event out in Delaware County um, in Pennsylvania, and I remembered feeling so overwhelmed. There were probably, I don't know, 60 people in the room, which it wasn't the amount of people that were the issue, but no one looked like me. I'm an African-American woman and short hair, very ethnic, um, at least in my own opinion. (laughs) My daughter would probably say something different. Um, But when I walk into a room, I stand out by appearance first, but then also because of personality. And the room felt cold and sterile. Um, There were probably three other women in that entire room of 60 plus people. And it just felt overwhelming in every element. And I remembered when the men would walk up to me, the first thing I would say after they said, you know, hi, I'm Bob or Jim or Joe or whatever, I would say, oh, I'm Nikita Thigpen. And they say, what do you do? And I would identify as a clinician. I wouldn't identify as an entrepreneur, as the president of a company. With the women, I did feel more comfortable, but there were only three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the men, I felt myself over and over leading from that space of where I felt validated and where mm-hmm. there was credibility coming from Children's Hospital Philadelphia and the support center, child, you know, all those big titles and hats and companies that had vast amounts of commercial credibility behind them. I led with that which was obviously a major challenge and a telltale sign that I wasn't comfortable in this new skin that I was trying to step into. And it didn't hit me until maybe, honestly, Jody, probably the eighth introduction, because, you know, they're, they're coming like, like flies. At the mm-hmm. eighth introduction, I said to myself, why are you constantly referring back to something that you no longer identify as? Like, obviously, I'll always be a clinician and I'm very proud of it, but I was trying to assert myself under this new hat 
And I was afraid to show it in a room full of people that I honestly just felt like were bigger than me. And then I was getting a little frustrated because as I'm going on, you know, getting more comfortable, I would finally say, I don't know, two minutes in, you know, what I actually did for business. But they were only holding on to how I started. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh, so you're a therapist. I'm like, well, no, that's not what I'm doing. That's not the practice that I have. And I felt like they weren't listening, but I wasn't communicating clearly. Um, And it took, honestly, it took someone else to say to me, stop identifying yourself by something you don't want to be known as. And it was another woman. And I'm so grateful to her to this day. Mm -hmm. And how do you apply this in your life today? Because like we were saying earlier, like everything is tied together. So this might show up in other areas. Mm -hmm. But what have you learned from that that you, you put into practice to prevent that? Well, one is noticing my triggers. I've realized for myself, even to this day, that change, although I welcome it and I invite it to sit at the table with me, it still makes me really nervous. So I had to be mindful of what a trigger is that kind of throws me off my square, something we were talking about pre um, interview for the beginning of the conversation. Like, know what knocks you off your square. And abrupt change does that to me. It takes me a little bit of a minute to literally regain my balance with it. And that change, although it wasn't abrupt in in terms of, you know, obviously I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I was planning for it. I didn't plan for that environment. I didn't think the energy would be as sterile. I'm used to very different climates as a clinician. You know, walking into a room, you're usually the expert. People are coming to you for help. You're there to, to lend a helping hand. It's a softer environment. And even when it's cold, it's cold in a different way because um, you're bringing the warmth and that wasn't the case. Um, I realized when I'm going through some kind of pivot, some change, even in my business, you know, right now we're rebranding the website and creating the new dreamers blueprint and all kinds of other stuff we'll talk about later. When I have to right now in the midst of this transition, introduce myself to someone, I have to breathe a little bit and remember you are worthy. It's okay that you're in the middle of a transition and not be afraid to communicate where you are right now and be really transparent about it. Yeah. It's so funny. The things we make up, I was chatting with someone over the weekend who has a friend who won't go networking because she doesn't have business cards yet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and as much, you know, and I was saying, you know, as a person who coaches business owners, I'm constantly telling my clients, do not go there without your business cards. (laughs) However, on the other hand, but that's, that's me coaching my clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm setting them up for maximum success. However, I have often come across people at networking events and conferences and I've asked them like, oh, you know, do you have a card so I can reach out to you, Mm -hmm. you know, in the next week so we can continue our conversation? And they've said, no, I don't. And I'm just like, oh, well, here's my card. Mm -hmm. Just email me. You know, it doesn't have to be a flowing, lovely email. Just send me an email saying, hi, we met here. I'll have your email. I'll reach back out to you, you know, and it happens often enough that it's not that big of a deal. It's not like at this point, I don't look at that person and go, oh, well, you're not a serious business owner. You could, you know, forget that. If you don't have your business cards, I'm not going to talk to you. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like you don't think that way. You just think like and and like where I go in my head is like, oh, they must have given them all away. (laughs) Right. Right. But in our heads, in our own bodies, we think if I don't have this, if I don't have a website, if I don't have a business card, if I don't have this, then they're not going to take me seriously. The reality is, if you're thinking those thoughts, you're not taking yourself seriously. Oh, you just listen. Preach, sister. You just hit uh, (laughs) 
a hundred percent gavel moment right there. There's a woman um, named Teresa Hummel Crowlinger. She's pretty amazing. She comes from the corporate world in terms of her background, and now she does a lot of leadership training. She, you know, does a lot of um, metric, you know, personality assessment testing and stuff when she goes into corporate. But she's also a comedian. And when you look at that, and I mean, she literally calls herself a laughologist, and she gets mega corporate gigs. Like I can't even begin to express it. And she didn't have um, a polished website of any kind until I want to say two or three months ago this year. And I've known her for at least three years. And the woman's had so much business, she was pushing it away with no website. And she did, of course, she did have a, a business card, but she was very simple and plain with it because she would always say, well, I'm getting it worked on. It's not a priority. My business is a priority. And she honestly mm-hmm. had such a different way if she looked at it. That sat with me as a reminder that when people want the gift that you have and the skill that backs it up, there's no excuse except for the ones you make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Nikita, now share with us a time when you had a wake up call. It could have been an aha moment or it could have been the universe had to, you know, hit you over the head several times before you realized the message. Um, but in any, in either case, there's usually a, a lead up to action. So if you could share with us that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. Yeah, absolutely. I have aha moments all the time. (laughs) Um, Those little epiphanistic things that kind of drive you forward and give you a little momentum, right? Uh, My latest one probably was about um, spring of this year, to be honest. So I ran a, it was completely a private dare that I did to myself, but I did it in a very public way. Last August of 2015, I decided like literally at three o'clock in the morning, I was sitting in the living room with my husband and said, I'm going to do Periscope and I'm going to do a 5 a.m. wake and breakthrough every morning, Monday through Friday for like 10 or 15 minutes. You know, let's organically see where it is. I didn't publicize it. I didn't do any pre-promotion. I just said, I'm going to show up, never doing Periscope before, by the way. I'm going to show up and get on Periscope at five o'clock in the morning and it'll be our little 5 a.m. club. And it was a commitment to myself that I wanted to do for a year just to see how it was. I had every single person in my circle tell me that I was crazy. One, because it was five o'clock in the morning. Even though I'm an early riser, it was still like, but you're going to be awake for other people to see you on video. And I went through this process and we had anywhere from some days it was only 16 people. Some days it was 120 people that were up live in attention with us asking questions. And I say us because occasionally I would force my husband to also get on Periscope and answer some questions. Um, <laughs> as a good husband should, right? Um, so I would be answering these questions and talking about all the mindset, personal power, relationship stuff as it relates to business every single day. And then in April of this year, on both sides of our family, we got hit with a string of death. It was a very unfortunate series of events that just kind of hit one after another. And then it was a lot of business stuff happening that kind of caught us off guard as well. And in the midst of that, I stepped back and said, let me look at everything I'm doing and why I'm doing it and where I got lost in it. And it wasn't just about business. It was just my life in general. So I had to step back and look at what was the tape that was playing in the back of my mind that was fueling me to stick with a story that was no longer serving me. And honestly, I had to reflect back to something that occurred for me. And for people who are not in the clinical arena, it sounds like, you know, woohoo stuff, but it was really essential for me. 
I remembered my step-grandfather who helped raise me used to call me stupid and would tell me that I would be just like my mother who was pregnant at a young age and, you know, not involved in a a super serious relationship and all kinds of stuff. It was just, just a really bad environment. And I remembered that moment of challenging him, looking him dead in his eyes, which is something you did not do in my family and say, and I said to him, I will never be your stupid like ever. And I remember saying that walking away and it was kind of waiting upstairs for my beat. And I knew it was going to, going to happen at some point, but I didn't care. It was like my way of taking my power back in that moment. But that tape of feeling like, I wasn't good enough was playing in the back of my head. And I realized that part of why I was forcing myself to continue with something, you know, like the Periscope in the morning, which is really a personal time for me. It was really my time to write and be reflective and meditate. I was giving it over because I thought it was something else that I had to do to raise the credibility of our brand, of our business. I I just didn't feel like what I was doing was enough. And it's okay to try something new. I'm not saying don't try something new because it means that, you know, your story is telling you you're not good enough. Always do it. But why are you continuing to do something that's not serving you in the way that you needed it to. And I had to really look at it and give myself an aha, which only unfortunately came in the midst of kind of breaking down to a point where I could break open and receive that next literally peace of mind so I could break through to the next level of myself. I hope that makes Mm -hmm. sense. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that, Nikita. And you know, I there's this part of me that's like, oh, you know, that's when it happens, Mm -hmm. you know, when we have these breakdown moments. And and let me be clear, it's not when it has to happen. Like life could be going good and we can have these aha moments. The thing is, is rarely do we take the time to really analyze what we're doing until something is going wrong. So when things go wrong, it's an opportunity for us and it motivates us to take that step back. Do you need things to break down to have that insight? No, but you have to, like you were saying, you have to have those morning moments. You have to have reflection. You have to take time to analyze what's going on in your business and your life ahead of time, but rarely are are any of us that proactive. Absolutely. Love it. And Nikita, what I always want people to get is there's no one way to lead, right? We're all going to find success, you know, following our own path and leading into our own strengths and personality type. And that's really important for us all to get. We really have to know ourselves first and figure out how we want to lead and lead ourselves to success. So Nikita, how would you describe your leadership style? That's such a great lead in. Um, you know, honestly, Jody, when I thought when I read your question and I thought about it, I really looked at what do I believe more than anything um, first before I could even answer that question honestly about my style. And I honestly believe that there are way too many people that are brilliant and unbalanced (laughs) that were literally living, that are living the story that I broke free from. And I realized that in order for me to lead them, I have to lead from the front. I have to be honest and transparent and to, to some degree, Um, more than the giver that I've always thought I was, but be the giver that I want to be underneath my servant leadership, if you will. It's important to listen first and speak third. For me, everything in the middle is me literally listening to my spirit to really follow what's happening in the moment so I know what to say if I need to say anything at all. 
Nice. And Nikita, you also alluded to some things that you have going on in your business, but what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Ooh, that one precious thing. I know. <laughs> as, as, like, right. So let's take this moment to say, step back and go, yeah, as an entrepreneur, we never have <laughs> one thing going on in our business. There's millions, but what's the thing you're most excited about? That's so cool. Thank you. Because I was thinking that same thing you just said. Um, I would say the Dreamers Blueprint is a new membership community that we're creating under the ThinkPro Balance and Relationship Institute. And I'm extremely excited about it because we're able to embed the core components of our Bolt Women coaching circles and our accelerators that are, you know, specifically 12-week intensive accelerators and everything else that goes through breaking through to the next level and unlocking your passion. We're able to put that all in a space that's right affordable and virtual for many of our busy doers that are out here trying to just get things done so they can be the impactors they were meant to be. So I'm really excited about the Dreamers Blueprint. Yeah, that sounds exciting too, because I think a lot of people, like they have a lot of energy and they have a lot of excitement, but they don't know what to do first, <laughs> right? And it can be overwhelming, the choices that are out there. So it's nice to have, you know, a community out there where they can join and get that step-by-step what they need to be focusing on. Absolutely. And on the flip side of things, Nikita, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Mm, The business challenge, I would say, is honestly making time to get the priorities done and not getting distracted by the want to do's. Right. So, you you know, you're an entrepreneur as well. One idea sparks another and another and another. And I teach other people how to focus so that they can balance their life. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the irony is always I'm really awesome at it because it's the thing that plagues me the most as well. I'm constantly refining my own power tools around it. And as I created things like the Dreamers Blueprint or, you know, in the midst of writing the book Selfish, which is breaking free from your expectations and all of that, there's like five other new, great, awesome ideas that kind of pop up. And I'm constantly pulling myself back to say, Nikita, focus, zone in on this one. Let's finish it up, get it done before you add something else to your plate. Because I'll get it all done, but I'll drive myself in the hospital trying to get 20 of those things done instead of just the one or five that I really need to. So I would say the biggest business challenge is really walking my talk and making sure that I don't get distracted by these awesome opportunities that are really just diverting me from my focus. I wrote that down. I quoted you. I'm really good at the thing that plagues me the most (laughs) because it is so true. Like oftentimes when people ask about my challenges, I'll list them out and immediately the response is, don't you coach people around that? <laughs> and it's like, yes, here, but here's the thing. I'm, I've got a, like a toolkit. Yes. Like I, I know the red flags of when it's happening and I've got a toolkit to quickly get myself out of it. So it's not like I'm never faced with the same problems. Like I'm constantly overscheduling myself, mm-hmm. but I know what it feels like when it's starting to get ridiculous and I know what to do you know, to kind of back out of it. And it's not like cancel everything. I, you know, I'm, I'm done with that. I, I let the red flags 
kick in well before there's any need to start canceling. But like, I know how to like get it right and reset the rules and stuff like that. So I love how you said that, that the thing that plagues you the most is the thing that you can teach other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And think about how much more awesome you are now because of the things that you've learned to deal with, even in your own business, let alone the lessons you've learned from just helping your other clients and discovering other possible challenges that they were having that you never experienced, but you were able to provide solutions for. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And there's that connection. Like there's that laughter of truth you can mm-hmm. have with clients when they describe something and you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Exactly. <laughs> that feels like. All right, Nikita, now tell us about the people that you have around you. I know you mentioned your husband mm-hmm. um, as a great support system. He gets involved in your business. Um, but if you have any other people around you that make it possible for you to sustain and grow the success that you're currently experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. So we have an amazing project manager, Ellen Kramer, who's a digital media strategist and guru. She's out in New Orleans. She's incredible. Um, I also have a really dynamic accountability partner. And I will say that is something that has been essential for us, for me specifically, the last few years. It's just having that person that could hold me accountable to what I said I would do and giving me permission to release the things that don't need to be there because there is something better or a better way for me to be doing it instead of kind of harboring on, I said I would do Periscope for a year. It's nine months and three weeks. I want to keep doing it. And she's like, no, stop it. What are you doing? Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, So I would definitely say my accountability partner, Dr. Brandy Baldwin-Rana. One of my brain trust advisors is still an incredible person in my life. And I would honestly say she's a sister friend, Bobby Fodish, who is one of the sponsors for our podcast, Balance Boldly. And she runs a company called All About Leverage. Um, And what she's done is taught me to literally leverage LinkedIn and social selling in a way that has completely transformed my business. Um, It's made me work. I hustle. I always hustle. You always hustle as an entrepreneur in some kind of way. But I feel like I'm hustling smarter because of her system instead of harder, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So those, I would say those are the key people. And of course, we have contractors and long term folk that we bring in when we do corporate trainings and all that. But those are the three key people for sure. Love it. All right, Nikita, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us. What is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Mm, One practice that I have. Hmm, I would say, okay, uh, because I had to think about like 20 of them that I go through with my routines. (laughs) I give myself permission to pause every day, sometimes several times a day. Um, pauses for me can be as short as 10 minutes to blow some bubbles and blow out some steam for real. Um, it could be Mm -hmm. 20 minutes on the trampoline because that's for me, that's my go-to to kind of bring my energy back up. If I'm feeling a little sluggish instead of going for a three o'clock coffee, I, you know, jump on the trampoline. Um, but I start with my permission to pause early in the wee hours around 4 15, 4 30 AM is when I start my whole ritual and routine practice for meditation and self-care and writing and just flowing before I start actual work at 7 a.m. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh, Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. And what advice would you give your younger self? (laughs) Stop chatting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say there's something to be said about the boldness to ask and the humility to receive. And that's what I would tell myself is to receive. I've 
always been such a natural giver and I felt a little deflated and disappointed when I couldn't give, but it also helped me hide from the fact that I needed to ask for help as well. And if I could look, you know, turn the clock back 20 years, I would say, Nikita, it's okay to ask for help, especially from people who truly want to help you succeed in life instead of just giving, giving, giving as a way to kind of cover up the fact that you're in need as well. Mm -hmm. That's one of the um, homework assignments I give to my clients because my clients tend to be a certain type of woman, mm -hmm. right? The the doers. Mm -hmm. I got I got this under control. You know, they they like to be in control. They're recovering perfectionists. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhat people pleasers. So they're doing for others, doing for others. And I give them the homework assignment. Like, you one, you have to ask somebody for help this week. And two, and this is a must. You can't refuse help when it's offered. Ooh, yes, I love that. How often do you, you know, do you see yourself doing this or, or witness other women doing this where somebody's like, oh, let me help you with that. And you're like, no, nah, I got it yeah, every day. No, <laughs> I got it. And I give that specific example. I'm like, so somebody asked you if they can carry a bag for you, even if you only have two bags, you are to give one of them up. Mm. It's so funny. Yeah. All right. And Nikita, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Ooh, so you'll like this one. It's by Elizabeth Taylor. Um, I love her for lots of reasons. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, she has a quote that I literally thrive by, and it says, I feel adventurous. There are so many doors to be opened, and I'm not afraid to look behind them. And why does it have meaning for you? Because she's honestly saying that she's ready and willing to be bold about moving forward, whatever that looks like. Whether it's a raggedy door that might be a change in her relationship, you know, friendships, losing people, gaining people, or it's a great, you know, beautiful red door with flowery windows on it that says new opportunity. She's not afraid to move forward. And I absolutely adore that. I love that too. And lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? I would say connecting with me is two ways. On LinkedIn is the best way to meet up and have a virtual coffee for sure. Um, I'm at LinkedIn, uh, Nikita Thigpen. Yeah, just go direct that way. I'm sure you'll have the links at the bottom mm -hmm. of the podcast. And yep. if they want to engage in kind of a real time, I would say Twitter is my favorite place to engage. I'm at Balance Boldly on everything. Yep, absolutely. These are going to be in on the show notes page. Um, the women, you know, who are listening right now and the some men who are sneaking in. Now, this is for everybody. Welcome, guys. <laughs> um, but for all of you, I know oftentimes you're on the run, you're in the car. Um, so, you know, you can find all the links and resources that Nikita shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. You can plug her name into the search bar. It's N-A-K-E-T-A. -A. Um, her show notes page will pop right up. And Nikita, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm so grateful you invited me. Thank you. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. 
Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.